TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Stories of that game and what happened in the clubhouse is just fantastic. There's no game that can bleep you like this one. <laughs> it's Roycey on baseball. Let's go here. Chris Reavers is now my partner on the uh, Ricey on Baseball podcast. I say we give it another name. I came up with a name. What's that? You know what I've always said about this sacrifice bunt? Give me a two-run double. I want a two-run double. The hell with the bunt. Hell with bunting the guy to third. I want a two-run double. Bunting the runners up, I want a two-run double. Uh, now, once in a while it worked, like it won the 91 World Series Game yep. 7. Yes, it, it did. Button the guy over a third. And, uh, you know, that turned out okay. But that's what I'm saying this podcast. I'm going to call it, even if it's not official, the two-run double. There we, we got, go. Uh, we got Reavers and Ricey, two R's, runs, blah, blah, blah. It's the two-run double. It's got double. alliteration. Two-run double podcast. I uh, like that. Baseball podcast, yes. And... Uh, uh, we're back here. Now, uh, you people might have noticed uh, the uh, Score North operation took a hit here during the pandemic. It did. And I've been getting uh, requests from people wondering if the old crew is going to be back. Uh, Tom Kelly, Tim Kirkshin, and Buster Olney. And the answer to that is a regrettable but emphatic no. Uh, we uh, we have taken a big hit here, and uh, things are we're doing the best we can, okay? Mm-hmm. And uh, Reavers and I are going to chat up some baseball, and uh, that's, that's the way it is. Uh, I, we, we miss those uh, guys, obviously, but uh, we, we, uh, we would not ask them to participate just out of the charity of their hearts. Because so, that's just not how the industry works. No, no, no. And as not. the great Tom Kelly would say, we wish Danny well. We do. We wish <laughs> us well. But uh, it, it was fun while it lasted. It really was. And uh, we got uh, we got great years out of, uh, what do we got? We must have got five out of TK, right? Four or five? At least, because I no. remember, well, no, it had to have been longer than that, because I remember him talking about the All-Star game here, and that was in 2014. 2014. So, okay, yeah, that's at least, that's six seasons, and uh and uh, we got uh, Buster and TK at the same. We had uh, we had Kirkshin lined up, and Buster, I uh, I sent him an email even uh, in February saying I didn't know what the situation was, but we certainly would love to have them, and we appreciate what those, those little videos do. that Kirkshin is putting out on Twitter. You know, the, I, I play, we, great. Oh, yeah. they're fantastic! Uh-huh. The one he did about Herbeck, I played for you and Joe yes. on Sports Talk. But those little, there, it's. Perfect. It's Tim. They're they're yeah. perfect corkshins where he's just going on for. It's usually like ninety seconds, two minutes, mm-hmm. whatever it is. But they're fantastic. They're absolutely great. Well, he's a uh, he is a encyclopedia oh. on uh, on that kind of stuff, and uh, he's he's in his glory on uh, you know talking about Earl Weaver and oh. talking about what happened, and and he had some great experiences. Because uh, he not only uh, covered the Weaves and Earl, mm-hmm. you know, at, at, at early in his career, he was down in Texas with uh, perhaps the rowdiest crew of baseball writers ever assembled. It was, uh, he, was he was a young guy down there. Uh, I think he was at the tail end of the real craziness. Was this Fraley and those guys? Well, he worked with Frails, but okay. but later. But Frails wasn't really in the original group that was down there when I first started in '74. That okay. was Galloway, who uh, was feuding with the owner, so he brought his own Lone Stars to the game and a little <laughs> six-pack cooler. He wouldn't take his free booze. So uh, weird, Harold McKinney, who died young of uh, melanoma, he was a goofy guy. Mike Shropshire, who wrote the great book yep. about uh, the the Billy Martin years. Mm-hmm. And he was a great, fantastic writer and a complete nut job. Uh, Steve Pate. Steve Pate's the guy I talked about a couple weeks ago who uh, whose opening question to Bobby Bonds when he was supposed to write a 100-inch feature when he just arrived in town was, Bobby, they say you got a drinking problem. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the time. And uh, he did find out that Bobby could swear. Yes, yes, he did. He found that he got he got that first paragraph about Bobby. But uh, Pate was, and then there was Jonesy, Mike Jones. He didn't cover that much baseball, but he's my favorite. He used to uh, take his notes on uh, 
he used to end up, he, he kind of like became the godfather of women's basketball when it started in Texas, and he was covering those good Texas Tech teams. But he always took his notes in those big chief car, those, remember those notebooks that, oh, yeah. When you were a kid going to grade school, he took all his, that was his notebook. He always had a big chief <laughs> note, red, red notebook. That's what he took them in. But, uh, and they had the war going, you know, between the Dallas and Fort Worth newspapers. I mean, it was serious. Oh, really? Two okay. Dallas papers were fighting each other, the Times-Herald, the Morning News, and then Fort, Fort Worth, too. So it was a three-paper brawl. And it was, I mean, it was a battle for survival in Dallas, and the Morning News ended up surviving. But uh, it was, I mean, throwing money and traveling everything. And they had a sports editor named Dave Smith who started a lot of the— ideas that you have note sunny note big sunny notebooks mm -hmm. and stuff like that and uh he used to have a theory that if it was if it was good enough to f appear on the front page of the of the dallas morning news sports section it was good enough for us to be there so they were at wimbledon and wow you know i mean they my were, how times they, have changed they covered everything they covered everything wow in dallas and you know College football game going to be on a Notre Dame Southern Cal. We're there. Well, know. I was just going to say, football alone had to have been its own sports yeah, section. Yeah, it was. Well, yeah, that's what they did on Sundays. The Cowboys had a section, and then then the football had a section. But and their high school football section was like fifteen pages on Saturday mornings. Wow. But uh, Jonesy didn't like him too well, and Joe, Dave Smith, and he apparently gets a job in Fort Worth. Comes in in the morning with a box, uh, pushes everything on his desk into this box and yells, Hey, Dave! And he gives him the finger and walks out. <laughs> <laughs> That was his resignation. <laughs> Dave said back in his office and actually, Dave! <laughs> anyway, oh. uh, Timmy's got uh, Timmy's got the great background for um, you know this, and the the thing about it when Brad Corbett owned the Rangers team, they they have these attractive young ladies who were the waitresses in the media room, but then they would about the third inning they'd start serving drinks in the press box. Oh boy, yeah, that was dangerous. <laughs> That was not good. And wasn't was it you that told me the 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 press box at the old ballpark? Uh, it was it not in Arlington? Where was Arlington, it? It yeah. was in Arlington. Well, okay, the the old old Rangers yes. ballpark wasn't that the one where you damn near could fall out of it into the stands because oh, it was, or no, is that the one I'm not or am no, I thinking no, of the wrong no, one? It might have been Tiger Stadium. But, okay, uh, no, no, Arlington had because uh, of the heat, it was permanently the glass was like permanent. It was like okay bulletproof, you know. But through the years, the heat seared it. To the point it was all smoky, you know, it was like looking through a big film and they couldn't clean it. But they had the giant crickets, too, that would, oh. I mean, these things could jump from home. Now, they only had a one deck, you know, they only had one deck in the, in, you know, it was an old AAA ballpark or mm -hmm. AA ballpark. And they remodeled it and added seats, but it only had one deck. But the crickets could jump. From home plate to the bang against the press box. You're kidding. It. These things were monstrous. They looked like lobsters. <laughs> and they'd, and when you'd be in, they'd turn the lights off around most of the ballpark when you're in there right an hour after the game. And all of a sudden, bang! This, <laughs> this monster crooked was trying to get in there. Like it's a bird flying into if, a If one of those had ever gotten in, man, you would have saw a bunch oh. of cowardly uh, sports <laughs> records. And... The other thing about the Arlington ballpark is you had to go through the crowd to get the press box to get to the clubhouses. Oh, the clubhouses okay. at each, each end. And the best way was to go under the bleachers that was down the third baseline. But there was like stale water and oh. stuff in there. And my good friend Claire Smith from the New York Times who was a big buddy of Don Baylor's, and uh, she's in the Hall of Fame now. She's great. But <laughs> Baylor told her he saw a snake there once. And she, oh, no. <laughs> you couldn't get Claire to walk through there. <laughs> she had to wait till everybody left and then walk on the field to get out there. Oh, she, there's snakes, and there were a lot of... Was a lot oh, of, I'm sure. There was a lot of nightlife. There was a lot of uh, wildlife underneath that thing, but the uh, snake part, I never saw one of those. So, so. I was down there uh, in November for the Cowboys and Bills game. I haven't been in that stadium. 
the new Cowboy Stadium. Yeah. It's it makes U.S. Bank Stadium look like Tinker Field. It's that's it's, it's small. Huh? Pat, it's huge. It's just massive. And well, so anyway, they're building the new, or they built the new Rangers ballpark yes. basically across the street. And and you're looking Good at that. timing, by the way. Yeah, you're no kidding. Kick off your new stadium, and oh, by With the no way, fans. we may never have a game. But it's almost as big as the Cowboys Stadium. It's yeah, just, I, it's, I was it's down there huge. last year for Fraley's Fraley's memorial service. Was in the uh, in the uh, old in the the current ballpark, which is right across the street. Yeah, I saw how big it was. I oh. was shocked how big they're putting a roof on it. Of course, and I think that what is this one? Twenty five years old? Twenty. 90, 90, middle of 90s. Yeah, something like middle that. Middle 90s, look it up. yeah. It's and it's a, a shame that they had to do it, but a, I was talking to somebody from there and said, well, they had to because no one would go to games during the day or no, you know, in the summer because you, no. you know, nobody wanted to sit well, in the heat. You know, you could hardly play night games. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I covered uh, later on, in in that ballpark, I covered quite a few series because uh, you know I'd always take one road trip a year as a beat writer as mm-hmm. well as a columnist and and uh, if the if the Twins were scheduled in Texas in August, Lavelle would always say, "No, that's a good trip for you. Take that one." <laughs> you know, sit there and sweat for four <laughs> yeah, days. You know, they we the Twins stayed at the Sheraton. I'd have them get a room, and the, it was from here to. You know, it might have been from here to that uh, fresh market down the, okay. you know, whatever that is. A couple blocks away, yeah. Yeah, five blocks away. You'd walk there. Oh. And, you know, you didn't have the guts to take a cab, you know, because it's five blocks, but you damn near killed yourself by just walking over there. It'd be so damn hot. So You were mentioning earlier, what you, and you just casually mentioned no fans. What are they going to do, Pat? I don't know. I don't know. Because so the security... Uh, the security things that they're coming up with, they, I would imagine that plan that was leaked out to the national media yep. sources the On other Friday, day, yeah. that was, that was planned super security, right? This yep. was, this was planned super virus precautions. Uh, I love the idea that they're going to have social distancing on the field. Does that mean we can't shift? Right. You know, is that if, if somebody, I mean, that's, you can't, you got to play the game of baseball. And how if, does a first baseman hold a runner yeah, on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Honest to God, I said this, and I wrote that comment about catchers the other day. They're going to have a demarcation line. No. I bet they are. Oh. I don't trust them. I don't trust them. They're going to have a demarcation line and you can't throw over or something, you know? Well, I'd be it's, happy with John Lester. Yeah, but you still got to, you know, I bet they don't let him throw over. That's, I mean, they're gonna. I mean, it's gonna. You gotta play baseball with, but with this idiot commissioner, uh, it's all about the TV partners. It's all about doing something for Fox and ESPN and those, you know, because they're trying to keep those guys to keep giving them money, even though the the networks lose money. And so. the problem too right now is, and I know uh, Blake Snell came out uh, on Friday. <laughs> Good and, PR there, Blakey yeah, boy. And, well, and again, it's not that he was necessarily wrong, but the, well, the worst thing smart. that could happen right now is for the owners and the players to start bickering over money. Don't you think? Because no one's yes. going to look good right now. The owners are going to be smart enough to keep their mouths shut. Uh, well, the, the trouble, yeah, the players. There's just too many well, of them. For some reason, America always ends up signing, yep. siding with the management. Mm-hmm. And I don't get why. We all work for the man. But when we get in these disputes, jealousy wins over and... We aren't jealous of the billionaires because we know that isn't reality, right? Yes. But we're jealous of the athletes who are making a lot of money. And the problem with Snell's comments, at least, well, I the didn't problem mind. is it was illiterate. Well, that, He's a that. moron. But he he had a problem with being or getting sick, and and, and I, I completely understand that. But the problem I had with it was, well, there was a certain amount of money he was willing to to play for. That just makes him look like an idiot. Well, he wants his. Here the the player's stance is this: when they had when they agreed to the original deal, mm-hmm. you give us 170 million for the first two months, and if and then if we play, that 170 is deducted from what we owe you. Sure, but if we but we also get 
one, okay, let's say you play 82 games. So we also get one sixty-second of our salaries 82 times. We get paid, you know, you get, yep. if you're a 162-game season uh, and you got a guaranteed contract of some sort, you get one 162nd of that, and they said, according to that agreement, they were going to get paid their salary for every game that they played. Not they're not asking for all 162. They're asking for one 162nd of what they would have made for each game. So right? it amounts to they're going to make less than or the, the original agreement was less than 50 percent of whatever they're if well, they were to play an 82 game season. Did I understand no, that? No, right? no, 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 no. It's 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 well, just it depends yeah. how many games if they play 82 games. They get roughly 50% of what they would have made. Yeah. But I think a lot of people think these guys are asking for their whole salaries. No, but they're asking for, okay, let's say we got a guy who makes per season 81 million. No, we don't have anybody making that much money. We have Bryce Harper's making 30. Okay. Bryce Harper's making 30. So if they play. Bryce Harper, let's say it's half, is owed 15. So then if if they play 81, he just gets his 15. But by one by that by, by one that fraction, point correct. One sixty yeah. second yep. increments. And that's what Snell was saying in his in his raving, incoherent manner. But here's my deal with Blake Snell. He's basically poison right now, right? Mm-hmm. If I was the twins, I'd call up and trade for him. <laughs> they need a starter, yeah, man. I bet you can get Mets. him cheap. I bet you can get him cheap. Yeah, but Tampa wouldn't move him, you don't think. Uh, they'll, yeah, they don't have to worry about with PR with their fans because they don't, they have, don't any. have any. Yeah, yeah Tampa's right. going to be used to yeah, playing in front of no yeah, people. Yeah, this is this is a great home field advantage for Tampa. Oh, you hey, normal crowd. Well, and here. that's what you know. It, let's just say I, I still hope hope that they have some type of season. But the thing that should frustrate Twins fans is this club was ready to win this year. You know, well, they were they built were, to win this year. They were going to be fun to watch. That's for sure. You know, yeah, it is sad that you're not going to see that lineup. I do think. I don't know. This Fauci guy uh, changes his tune about every 20 minutes. <laughs> Two weeks ago, we can play. Well, we can probably play baseball. I don't know. You know? Uh, if you start opening malls, you can play baseball. Well, that's just it. There's 300 people at a Costco or a Target or whatever. Yeah, well, Look, come on. Let's go. Ridgedale's open now. Yeah. And I'm going to stop by just to stop by at Ridgedale. Go for a just walk. Just a walk. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to stop by at Ridgedale and hope to buy something. There was a guy uh, we had because we had mentioned Blake Snell last, I think Friday when you were on Garage Logic, and somebody had sent a tweet saying Blake Snell sounds like Reavers' Twitter account on Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> it does. Yeah, he's not. Uh, he doesn't worry about uh, uh, sentence structure. No. That's for sure. I did. Uh, I heard an interview. Clayton Kershaw. I think he was on with Dan Patrick. And uh, Kersh- Dan Patrick Kershaw's pretty sure. Oh, he's great. And uh, he, I bet he said Patrick this. asked him about uh, Snell's comments, and Kershaw just said, "Bold." <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure the players are saying, "You moron!" Right? Uh, you know, we're not the guy. We're not the guy. We don't want you to be doing our messaging. No, stop. Yeah, yeah you're not yeah. doing I've never. I heard a couple. I saw a couple of comments. I'm never watching another baseball game because okay. of Blake's now. Sure. In other words, you weren't going to watch one beforehand because right. you don't give a damn. No, no, no. Of course not. No. It's, uh, uh, but and, you still and, think and, they're going to play. You do still think they're going to play. Yeah, I think they're going to play. Why not? You know, yeah. let's go. Come on. Here's, uh, of course, my big concern, and I don't give a damn what you people think. I don't think they're going to let us. They're not. I don't think they're going to let us cover them. Really? No. I mean, you know, I'm not going to sit. At, they're going to have Zoom interviews probably. If you want to sit at home and write about them, I, you know, the hell with you. You know. But here's the deal. The reason they're coming back is for TV. Well, to put games on TV, you got. You know, you can probably cut down on the number of cameras and stuff like that. Sure. But you got you got a lot of, you know, there's got to be 100 people involved 
in a telecast of a baseball game. Sixty. So Fox Sports North has yeah, yeah, sixty-five people. That. Now some of them be in this truck and stuff, yeah. but uh, you know, I I think the we're, we're going to raise holy hell. Uh, the local reporters, when they let the FSN crew and the Detroit crew and whoever else into the ballpark and to give them access to the players, and then we can't talk to them. We can't cover the team. And, uh, and of course, the big fear is once this is over, they're going to love this and end up screwing us badly. You think so? Oh, God, yes. Yeah, they're going to limit access to the, you know, if you come really? in. You come in, I bet next year, even if this is gone, if you come into the uh, clubhouse, they're going to want you to wear a mask Ooh. and stay six feet away and do all. I bet, you know, they're going to, this So is, liberties will be taken well, by what's well, happened. Oh, yeah, MLB, and they're, they're, they've, they've been f- trying to figure out for years how to keep those evil print guys <laughs> out of here. And this is, and now, and not only evil print guys, but evil... Radio Athletic guys, guys yeah. and you know, yeah. yeah. I mean, no, they don't mind the radio guys because they all ask, you know, set up. They don't like, they don't like the people who come in and if there's crap happening, they're going to write about it, you know, or they're going to they're going to publicize it. They want to get this gives them a chance to even control the messaging even more than they have in the past. But I always think of the four major sports, the relationship between the press and the sport was always the best with baseball. At least that's just my 30,000-foot view. Well, it, it has been pretty good, uh, you know, in recent years. <laughs> 70s, it was a bit raucous because uh, they and, – and to a degree, they were right because we were – you know, we were in on that, uh, what do these guys want? You know, I, th- oh. I think we thought free agency was okay, but then they, you know, I, I can't remember. But we were seen, for the most part, as agents of ownership. In the in the 70s, when they were fighting, I came in in 74, it was my first year, and that's basically Marvin going to war for free agency and it becoming a possibility. 74, 75, 76. At 77, they're negotiating a new deal. Uh, seven, no, 75, 76. I mean, it was, it was, it was a bloodbath. And, and the media, to a large degree, the baseball writers and others were seen as agents of management. Really? Okay. Even if they weren't officially. But we, you know, Marvin had a few guys. Jerome Holtzman, the great dean from Chicago, was his, one of his guys. Uh, Murray Chass from the New York Times was his guy. And there were a few others who were carrying Marvin's message to the public. Okay. But, you know, most of us didn't have daily access to Marvin, and we had inarticulate players trying to tell us what they were trying to accomplish. And, and then we were getting... You know, they were getting the twins complaining about the ah, that guy isn't worth that much money. Okay. I'm not going to pay that guy that much money. Of course, that was a battle of uh, that was a battle of uh, grammarians when you had Calvin taking on Bert. <laughs> <laughs> Bert was the player rep there. You know, you were mentioning that. Uh, I remember Bert writing. We're going back to our residences, and he he missed it about. Yeah, he, he handed us some note that was. I wish I'd kept it. It was. It was. It was. It was. The English teacher would have given him a D, sure. F minus, as rookie says. Uh, rookie yeah. couldn't have changed that to grade. a D plus. Because <laughs> no. uh, I was watching. Uh, you know, I've been so starred for anything. I, I have been tuning in to some of these replayed games, and they played uh, one of the games from the '97 series. That was uh, Florida and Cleveland. Oh yeah. And they were showing, it was a game in Cleveland, and I thought of you because on the mound, it gave up a monster three-run double to Gary Sheffield, Mike Jackson, the relief pitcher. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He pitched good for the Twins, Jackson. Yeah. He did pitch good, but he was, was he, when was he here? Well, it had to have been, er, well, late 80s, right? Wouldn't it have been? No, he was here when they were good, right? No, Uh, uh uh-uh. I don't I think so. He, here, I'm going to look he, up. I his... thought he was here when they had a great bullpen. He might have been here later. Mike Jackson. I'm going to look him up right now. Yeah, yeah. Because he was he was Papa up, right? Wasn't that Mike Jackson? No, that was 
That was Ron Jackson. Oh, Ron Jackson. Yeah, Darn it. Ron ja- Mike Jackson was a pitcher. He was. Uh, oh, he had, was here in 02. You're right. Yeah, I'm they sorry. They had him in that great bullpen. Yeah, he was here in 02. Bullpen. That old po- two bullpen was. Because uh, he. <laughs> That inning, he had they yeah, Cleveland. He, he got a, you know he had the hanger. He threw a lot of breaking balls and. Uh, well, in that inning, Pat, it was I believe it was a game that went to extra innings and Florida ended up winning, but Cleveland was up by three runs. And well, wasn't it game seven? No, it was it was in Cleveland. It was either game oh. four, something like that. It was a game four, game five, and because uh, that was Hargrove, right? Wasn't he the manager of Cleveland yes. back then? So Hargrove's got a three run lead. And Mike Jackson's, you know, throwing up beach balls, and he let him. He just let him pitch. You know, you, you think about how different the game was, and that was. I mean, that '97 wasn't that long ago. It doesn't feel like, but uh, Mike Jackson in '02, he pitched in 58 games for them, yep. and uh, PT, uh, people hit. He had a two, uh, two. Wait, what was his ERA? Three twenty-seven. Yep, he pitched good though. That bullpen, though, that year, that can be our team today. There you go. We can talk about them. You got your Eddie. You got your Latroy, who, by the way, Latroy, I believe that was the year Latroy hadn't pitched in a game where they had a lead. He was in the bullpen, and he hadn't pitched in a game where they had a lead until about June. They were in New York, and they brought him in, and he blew everybody away, and then that's that's what he kind of took off. Launched his career yeah. as a reliever because they they proved they could trust him. Because he'd, uh, you know, at one point had been the worst starter in the league, turned into the worst closer in the league. Yes. And then he, and then but he, then he became a good setup man. Yeah. He was great. Yeah. He was great. God, he had a long career too. Yeah, but of course, the guy that was absolutely uh, phenomenal that year was uh, uh, Fernando Romero, nine and two, one eighty nine ERA, eighty one innings, sixty two hits, and. Uh, 76 strikeouts and not many walks either. Uh, he was fantastic. Do you Remember look at him? Oh, yeah. Do you Did look you at him? the 02 team? Do you look at that as the team that should have won it all or the 06 team more? Probably 06 more. Yeah. Because Fernando, when uh, Francisco broke down in 06, that was, uh, that was, all, that she was, wrote. That was all she wrote. But yeah. uh, I mean, that was a great team, but boof starts your game two. That's yeah. uh, not exactly what you had. When in mind. you think if they if they had found a way because they won game one against the Angels, and a lot of people forget that in the ALCS, Joel yes. Mays yeah, pitched Joel Mays brilliantly. Was great here, and in you, and you think, man, if they could have gotten by the Angels, could they have beaten the Giants? Because mm-hmm. I think they could have. Because I don't oh, think yeah, that Giants team was very good. Well, yeah, they were. I mean, I mean, they had them beat. They were, you know. Look look back up though what uh, Scott Spezio did in that post oh, in that World Series. Yeah. He drove in like 12 14 runs. He was Mark Lemke. Yeah. <laughs> no, but but this was with power. power yeah, I, mean, I remember right, him yeah. hooking that home run down the right field line, but the you know, you got to remember the Giants hadn't won a World Series in San Francisco at that point. That's and true. they went down yeah. to they went down to uh Anaheim with a 3 to 2 lead. They were leading That's the right. They, were, right. they needed to win one of the last two. And, the, and, uh, and the thing that everyone takes away from that series is that ball that Bonds hit off Troy Percival. That mm-hmm. thing was destroyed. Yes. Yes, it was. <laughs> it was, but it was a uh, – yeah, that was a good World Series. Yeah, it was. was uh, I, I covered that one. I enjoyed that one thoroughly. But, uh, yeah, that O two 2 team, I, uh, I remember that for two reasons. Uh uh, you know, the, they they got beat the second game here, and that was they'd had. Now, I believe in '87 they were two and zero in the Metrodome in the ALCS, yep. and then four and zero. But in '80 in '91 they lost one game to Toronto at home. They lost yep. one in Toronto at game two. Right? Juan Guzman pitched game, for the Blue Jays. Game two, and, and then they yeah. came back and won three in Toronto, which shocked me. I mean, I've always said the best the Twins ever played was that f- five-game series with Detroit, but it might have been the five-game series with Toronto because that Toronto team was great. And they went, went on and won, what, two World Series after that? Yes. Yeah, yeah that was a hell of a team. But uh, the, uh, you know, that, that Joe Mays beats them in... Uh, in uh, 002 in that first game, and you think the magic, of the, the, the Metrodome the magic. magic still <laughs> lives because they'd beaten the A's, you know, and that was, a, that was the Moneyball team. They beat the yep. Moneyball team. And, uh, you know, the Moneyball. Did Johan start a game against the Angels? 
Or was he not in the rotation? I don't think he was in the rotation. Was they still? Was, they were still using him in the bullpen. Well, he that year he was a kid, and because uh, he was on the team, yeah, wasn't he? He pitched. Yeah. Uh, well, he made fourteen starts. Wow. I don't know. We did. I'd have to go back and look. He only pitched one hundred eight innings, though. He made fourteen starts and pitched in twenty-seven games. They moved him in there later, but Towards the end he of the was season? not. You know, he was part of the. <laughs> your left-handers were. Santana, Romero, and Gardado in the bullpen wow. when the year started. Wow. Unbelievable. And then you had Mike Jackson. Was uh, Jesse Crane there yet? I, I don't think, think Jesse so. would Not have been Jesse. up by then. No, he wasn't there. You know who won 10 games that year? Tony Fiore. Oh, my. Remember With him? that frisbee that he would uh, throw yeah. up? Yeah, <laughs> he'd change up, basically. Oh, man. And Hawkins and... Uh, and uh, who else was it? They had three right-handers. That, that bullpen was just great. Rincon. Rincon oh, sure, Juan Rincon. Rincon, were, Rincon was, uh, he wasn't there all year, but he came up later. I and, remember Tony. And Trombley was in there. No, he didn't pitch much. So Bob Wells, remember Oh, him? yeah, big Bob, Bob Wells. Bob Wells, he didn't have a great year. But I remember Fiore being interviewed that year. You know, must have been one of those FSN after mm-hmm. the games or whatever. And uh, it might have been Bert. I can't remember who who asked the question, but you know, how how you getting him out? And Fiore went, not sure, because <laughs> <laughs> he was throwing that Ephus pitch that was going about sixty three miles an hour. That, was, that reminds me of my <laughs> one of my five favorite all time twins, Dunsey. Oh, Dunsey was the most self-deprecating yes. guy ever. I can't, I can't talk to him after you know he he had the run a couple of runs as a starter. Oh, he yeah. was really good. And he said. I can't believe this. <laughs> you know, he, he was the greatest guy ever. Wonder where he's. I wonder if he's back at Omaha, or where he's living. He well, was, he he was on the Cubs just yeah, a couple of years yeah, ago. He was. He was. He he pitched good for him too. Yeah. When he's he's had some arm problems. Your game three starter in Yankee Stadium, Brian Dunsing. Well, Man. and I don't think anybody complained about it. No, much, you know. No. I mean, he was. He pitched good. So here, this is a good one too. <laughs> the other day, I was looking up. It was the, no, I got to look up, 75 Twins, right? Yep. 75 Twins, and why was I looking at them? I can't remember. Because there was probably a player you were thinking of when we were talking, Mike no. Jackson. Wait a minute, okay. Bob Wells. Okay. I don't know what it was. It was for some piece I was writing. Okay. And I ran across one of, another one of my all-time favorite Twins, Jim Hughes. Jim Hughes had been like a nothing guy in 74 and and uh and then in 75 they put him in a rotation and he had a palm ball he threw a changeup okay and he threw it like 40 percent of the time and in the month of may i remembered he was pretty good but he was six and all with an ERA under one wow. in starts and pitched, I don't know, six games. He pitched 50-some innings, and he was the American League Pitcher of the Month. Okay. And you go back, and he, won, he ended up winning 16 games that year. And then I remember the next year, all of a sudden, everybody went up there looking for the palm ball, you know, looking for the changeup, and the rest of it wasn't that good. Oh, no. But uh, I I had nicknamed him Bluegill, Jim Bluegill Hughes, because Jim Catfish Hunter was a big fish in a big pond in New York, and I decided Bluegill was a small fish in a small pond because <laughs> so seventy five nobody was going to the games, right? And so we we started I calling him I started calling him Bluegill in the St. Paul paper, and that became his that kind of became his nickname. He ended up getting a job with Rawlings as a glove rep with the big league team for years and years okay. and years. Hell of a guy. But you you look at stuff like that and say, how's this happen in this game? And, and the guy's unhittable. The next year, Mock, I remember Mock, I was in there doing an interview, and then we were leaving. He says, stay here a minute, he says to me, because he was in pitch that game. And he so I stay there a minute, and everybody leaves. And he says, how did he win 16 games last year? <laughs> How did he? What? what no, 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 he was serious. Having a cigarette and a drink, and saying, "How? What, how did he win?" I said, "You know, he threw it over, and he threw it over, and they didn't. They didn't know what they were waiting for, and you know, and he, he was. 
you know, he flattened out after that, but he still won 16 games when wins meant something. And he said, and I remember him telling me this, he says, well, he's now afraid of the bat. He won't throw the ball where the bat can reach it. And you can't pitch that way. No. You know, no. and they, he kind of, you know, drifted off and didn't have much of a career. But Well, 16 it, wins. It's, it's you had to, he had to have had Cy Young votes. He might have. Well, he, six, well, that you know, that was big. But, but what was his? Because was the 75 team very good? I can't remember. Uh, they ended up over 500. Okay. No, wait, no. 76 and 83. Excuse me. Frank got fired. Yeah. Okay. Quillacy got fired. But uh, Hughes... 16 and 14, 382, 240, 249 innings. That could have been part of it, too. You know, guys who've never pitched pitched that many innings suddenly being asked to pitch that many. Uh, That's, in fact, uh, when we were talking about uh, what happened to Julius Shashin in Milwaukee and... I was talking with Hardricard, like what what happened, and he he was a, I think slider is his big pitch, and he couldn't get his slider over. But when you look it up, it's also you know he led the uh, uh, American League and uh, start. I mean, he led the National League in starts two years ago, and he also in would have been eighteen led the National League in starts, and then he also like made three or four more starts in the postseason, and. And it could have just been any. He could have just been still arm weary, you know. In in the modern, I think that's more of a problem in modern pitching than it used to be. Well, but, for uh, sure it is because they're but, not conditioned the way they but, used to be. Uh, yeah. You know, that's something you don't look at. It. I mean, Jim Hughes all of a sudden, hey, are we going to think about? Hey, he's a he's a young guy. He hasn't pitched this far before. Are we going to give him a? Tell him, ah, we're not in it. Lighten up in September? Hell no. We're going to run him out there. Well, and we know? just mentioned him earlier, but that might have been what happened to Johan, too, when he was in New York. Yeah, I mean, that had been a lot of years. Yeah, it had been a lot of years. Now, the Twins really protected him, though. I remember people used to always oh, yeah. complain, what are they taking him out for? He's well, it was the throwing, 17 strikeout he's game. Only, he's yeah. only throwing 98 pitches. What are they taking him out for? And I, And they didn't do it. They didn't do it because of an overprotectiveness. They did it because of his frame. You know, I mean, this was the old strategy. Gardy, yeah. you know, Andy and, and Gardy just didn't think, you know, a guy who weighed, what, 190 maybe? Well, I remember. Was, uh, could, you know, he, was a, he, he wasn't slight, but he was not muscular. But I remember Harold Reynolds did that side-by-side. Do you remember this? When Harold was still at ESPN. And he did the the split screen. It might have been when the Twins were in the playoffs against the Yankees. But he did the split screen and showed you the difference between Johan's fastball and Johan's changeup. And they looked bleeping identical to one another. Oh, by the way, at New yeah. York, finally? Yeah. Oh, oh no, no, when he, he was here delivered. when they were playing. Oh, yeah. yeah, it was just fantastic. Well, he and Viola, you know, you got two of the great changeup pitchers of all time. I remember Viola throwing three or four straight changeups to some of those big right-hand hitters. You know, I said... What are you doing? You can't get away with that. He said, no. Get it. Keep swinging and missing. <laughs> right. you know? And Johan, I think, he even had a better one. You think it was better than Frankie's? Yeah. yeah. I mean, Frankie's was great, but uh, I think Johan's was better. Really? Johan had the best release on it I've ever seen. And probably the most underrated pitcher and one of the most underrated players in Twins history, even though he won two Cy Youngs. I don't think... We revere him properly. Is it because he didn't sign the long-term deal here? Do you yeah, think? Well, yeah, he didn't. Sign it. it because it's 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 six years. You know, is because it's not fifteen like Cot or Blyle, even Blyle sure. coming back the second time. But or look, uh, at you, Jack was here one year, and he's re- yeah you know. more so. But this guy was. <laughs> I mean, for he had he had four or five years. I mean, all you had to see how, how important he was. Was what happened when he lost Game One of the playoffs in '06. Oh yeah, that team went. Mm-hmm. You know that team just went flat when Zito beat him on Tuesday afternoon. Well, and you remember too that Frank Thomas, that home run he hit off Johan because mm-hmm. he was with the A's that year. Yeah, and you and you just went, uh oh, it's yeah. it's not. I gonna can't happen. remember. Was it a changeup? I can't. I can't recall either. Because uh, that know, was Frank never, last year. Never th- you know what the old saying used to be: "Never throw an old hitter a breaking ball." No, you know, <laughs> no, throw, throw gas. Throw the good heat. Yeah. 
Somebody was, by the way, saying Buon Ho appears to be struggling with the curveball over in the KBO. That wasn't his problem. <laughs> he couldn't catch up to the good uh, American. He couldn't catch up the big league heat. But that boy, when he connected on a ball, oh, yeah. that thing went a long really way. Really a nice guy. Unlike Nishi, who was both horrible and an idiot. And entitled. And, and, and entitled, yeah. 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 I mean, he was married to a gorgeous model or something over there and by the lasted about a year because uh i i think he explored all his options oh, sure you know one of those guys because i remember the next year when he showed up the second year after being a monumental failure he had a little gaggle of admirers that were a sure. couple a couple of young gals that were watching his every move over on the backfields with the minor leaguers oh. That is one of my favorite traditions of spring training. We, we, I think I told you this story, but we were down a couple of years ago. The bride and I went down to Fort Myers, and I thought, you know, let's, let's make the drive up to Sarasota. So this would have been, that's, Sarasota's where the Orioles are at, right? Yep. So we drove up. The Orioles are playing whoever. Beautiful ballpark. Gorgeous night. And we had great seats, so we're sitting by the O's dugout, and up walked Manny Machado, his mm-hmm. last year with the O's. Mm-hmm. And... About 12 of the most gorgeous women you'll ever see started to walk down. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, Manny has no idea who's, you know, he's just doing his thing. And, uh-huh. and my wife looks at me and said, huh, so this is what happens when you're a good-looking ball player and you're making a lot of money. I was uh, talking to a guy who shall go nameless, but uh, he, uh, you know, Scott Erickson was a handsome fellow. Sure. And uh, a promising young pitcher. And when the fellas had hit the bars on the road, they'd ask Scott to make his decision early. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we don't got all night here, Scotty. Yeah, Let's right. go. Because uh, his decision. We early. don't want to be. Uh, <laughs> we don't want to be uh, buying drinks for the the wrong party. The one party. that you would decide. <laughs> the yeah, wrong right. party. Oh. Well, you could buy her that one. Oh, you know. that's spectacular. Yeah, and he was not yet. Unsuccessfully married to Lisa Guerrero yet. Okay. We, we should point this that out. This is before out. that. Did you, you remember, do you remember that tweet about a year ago? Somebody asked uh-uh. Lisa Guerrero about... No. Uh-uh. Uh, something about Scott Erickson. Okay. She gave this... Mm, this response <laughs> that... You know... Made it, a lot of It people. was like, I don't worry about him or something, but it was like... He was a... You know, yeah, it right. Was, it was not complimentary. I you know, see. I, I, I see. think it's. I. I don't think it's recalled with uh, <laughs> with fondness. It was great. <sighs> Say, I better do a Josh ad, yes. and then we're going to have what's going to be a weekly update here on Town Ball on the. Uh, uh, that's assuming we have a uh, Town Ball league uh, play this summer uh, when we get back. But uh, Josh Arnold. Ah, let's face it, during pandemic time, we all need some financial advice. If you have questions about your retirement savings, you want to work with a person that knows what he is doing. Do what I did and work with the person that I know you can trust. Josh Arnold, Mr. Money Talk. This is Patrick Ricey, obviously. Uh, we don't need that on the copy here, do we? <laughs> I, of course, I'm Patrick Gracie. Who else sounds like this? You need to see my guy, Josh Arnold, Mr. Money Talk, now, especially with what is going on in the markets today. You need Josh's straight talk. He won't give you sugar killer advice. Sit down with Josh for a no-cost, no-obligation, 48-minute consultation to review your investments including your IRA and 401k. You can learn how you can benefit from Josh's focused approach. Call Josh now at 952-925-5608. And don't forget to ask him why it's a 48-minute consultation. I never figured that out. Absolutely. All right, so here's what I've got, Pat. I know um, I personally spoke with uh, with Mike Nagel a couple of weeks ago. Newly just... elected to the no, not no, newly elected, no. newly promoted to secretary Correct. treasurer. Correct. Of the, uh... Really good guy. He's uh, from where is he from? Uh, uh, Bird Island, Olivia, that neck of the woods. Mm-hmm. Um, Town Ball Central, right there. Yeah, absolutely. So I talked to him a couple of weeks ago, and I know we got an email from our league president of the DRS. 
Here's all I here's all I can tell you is we're just waiting on the governor. Um, we're I know that they Fox Nine did a nice piece uh, that aired last night, and we're kind of lumped in with. Uh, you know, uh, all of the other sports. So mm-hmm. I know they already canceled Legion Ball, which is unfortunate. Idiotic. Um, but they're basically, we're, I know that Town Ball itself, the NBA, doesn't want to put early restrictions on anything. They just want to see if, if we're going to be able to open on June 1st. Um, because that's kind of the date that everyone's everyone's waiting on, including bars Town and Ball doesn't need spring training. Some of, there's guys out taking BP now. If they tell you you can play June first, uh, is that what is that a weekend? Is that a Friday? Uh, no, I think it's during the week. Uh, well, Memorial Day's uh, this a week from today. Yeah, so that's the twenty fifth. Yeah, that June first is be a Sunday. Then. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry, you're be a right. Sunday. So if you can say you play June first, we'll have games, and I think we should. Because- well, we're probably not. If they don't make the announcement, till when when will they tell us if you can play June first? We probably would know next that. Week? A co- yeah, probably late late next week. We'll have games because you got those youthful members of. There's guys like you. You don't play that much anymore, but you're there who need to limber up. Oh yeah, and take a little BP. But these uh, these 18 year old kids who want to play 60 games oh. a year, they're ready and raring to go. I, I'll never forget. Uh, we had a game. I don't remember when it was. A, co- a couple a couple summers ago, and this kid, I think I think we were playing New Prague, and he rolled in. Pat didn't even have his uniform on as we we're taking infield. Came in the game, had three hits. You know. Maybe maybe toss the ball a little bit to warm up and play it outfield or whatever. But that's what you know. They, yeah, those young kids they don't need it. They don't need any yeah. practice. Let's I've go also Mets. said my my example a of you can either swing the bat or not is uh, Lyman Bostock Senior. They brought him out here for an old timers game when Lyman was playing seventy six seven maybe. Well, he, you know seventy seven was his last year. And uh, uh, and Lyman had no relationship with the old man, but you know there was there weren't any heartwarming pictures. Lyman Bostock Senior played in the Negro Leagues. Okay, and I think he uh, he put Lyman's mother in the in the state of. Uh, of uh, the family way, as we say. Got it. And then he didn't stick around to make sure all needs were taken care of, sure. I think. So, uh, uh, but Lyman Sr. shows up. He got a belly on him like me. He's stretching out in this uniform he's got. Goes up there and hits three line drives, man. <laughs> Boom. You know, hit left handed just like the kid do. Well, you did the uh, the piece. On uh, is it Panning, the kid from Young America? Yeah, played a college football game. Yes, right. Then drove back yes. to play a state tournament game. What that an night. athlete that oh. kid must have been! Yeah. Wow, he was a you know star at Gets Davis and two sports and uh, yeah. So I think we'll uh, I think we'll play ball here and uh, uh, the uh, if if we end you can't adopt whatever silliness. MLB comes up with you can't expect the same no things to be adopted because there's level. twelve people that are going to come to the game at the yes, most yes yeah well I I can see that they can say okay you can't you know your crowd can't be over a hundred but why you got to let a hundred people in or sure just tell them to not sit together we're gonna have to start trusting ourselves right yes I and I'm 100% uh, agree you know with you. okay stay away they say six feet. That's all. It's magical, but I'm going to talk to Joe about this today. But okay. We we we're operating with a fair degree of stupidity, and I saw this twice today, and it really bothers me. You're in a car. Yep. I had to go get the wife the cup of coffee this morning at, oh. at Byerly's, you know, and uh, and as I'm pulling into the lot. No, as I'm as I'm leaving, there's some gal coming driving the other direction in this car, windows up, blah blah blah, puttering along about thirty. She got her mask on in the car by yourself. You don't need a mask. <laughs> and by the way, these masks are not like putting on, you know, a football helmet. Takes like three seconds, right? Even I can figure it out. Not a mechanical guy. I can figure it. Out. Okay, over the ears, boom, let's go. Uh don't drive a car. Don't drive 
Don't be in a car by yourself wearing a mask. There you go. You're embarrassing not only the state of Minnesota, the entire United States of America. The human race. Including <laughs> mainland, Alaska, Hawaii, the hemisphere. You're embarrassing the hemisphere. You're making us look like jackasses in the in the eyes of the world driving with a mask in your own car. You don't know why you're wearing a mask. Oh. You're wearing a mask to keep from giving that person next to you the disease. And there's no right? one to give it to. There's nobody there. They're not in a car. You got the windows up. <laughs> Very upsetting. There we go. Very upsetting, yes. Uh, we'll have a few other stories, stories later today for uh, Such. Another uh, disturbance with the Bickersons will uh, come up with uh, – a, a, a golden opportunity during yesterday's three-inch rain. Three-inch rain, by yes. the way. Oh, we got a lot. Uh, for the uh, for the bride to demean her stumble-dumb hus- uh, stumble husband. By the way. Yes, sir. Another thing that really was upsetting to me, <laughs> the young couple next door. The wife's a young doctor. Great person. And they're from North Dakota. And I've. Don't know if they're 30 yet, you know. Sure. They just had Young, a baby. Yeah. They just had a baby. Uh, Owen, you know, he sits out there and they're... She was in the garage yesterday with the electric saw, like cutting off hunks of wood and measuring stuff to build stuff. The wife. They're 28, 30 years old. What the hell is going on here? So you're saying... Stop overachieving. Yes. You're making the rest yeah, of us look bad. You're making the neighborhood look bad. <laughs> you know, you got no. You know, now you know what you have. I got to get what? You have a new guy, even though she's a gal. <laughs> yeah, she could, she'd probably come over and give I me need a hatchet. A hatchet. <laughs> she'd probably, they probably got a hatchet. You know what she'd, you know what she'd say? Which size? My guy. She's got multiple hatchets. My guy who used to live there, Chris. Yep. He was in the construction business. Oh, man. Yeah, but I can see him out in the garage building something. But, but a 30-year-old doctor? Come on, from North Dakota. What oh the hell? It's, uh, it, was, I mean, it was very disturbing. It feels A new like segment on baseball feels... and Roycey on baseball. What's bleeping me off? <laughs> yes. <laughs> All righty. This was the first uh, attempt at uh, the two-run double podcast, Reavers and Roycey talking baseball on Mondays. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.